Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Charity Charge podcast. Today, I had in the studio Jessica Reeves, outgoing COO of Voto Latino. Hope you enjoy. Okay. I'm super excited. We were just trying to get all the mics set up and everything. Hopefully, the quality is super clear. But welcome to another episode of the Charity Charge podcast. Today, I am with Jessica Reeves. Hello, Jessica. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, we were kind of just riffing before this, trying to get all the leveling and and things working, but I hope we're coming through clear. We also big shout out to Daniel Robinson, who's doing all the show notes for us today in the studio. Yay, tech support. Yes, definitely. Well, I know that we had um, met before through my friend Maggie and kind of the context of the timing of this interview is really great because shout out to Maggie. She had, um, you know, introduced us originally. I know we then ran into each other again in December at that event for for Lloyd Doggett, which yes, was cool. And Austin Indivisible, um, big fan of Maggie, and I, I got to meet her through the Austin Indivisible board, which has been a lot of fun. And I think Lloyd is finally getting to know me. I ran into him. I was at a an event on Saturday night for Caring for Cambodia. It was a art auction, okay. and I uh, and I said hello, and he was really <laughs> graceful about it. I'm not sure he that he. You. I was like, "Hi, I'm Maggie's friend." And I've had lunch with him before, but big uh, big Lloyd Doggett supporter as well. So, shout out to him. But no, excited to have you in here. I know that um, you know we haven't spent much time one on one, but that's kind of part of why I'm doing these podcasts. Our whole mission here is to. Um, be supportive of nonprofits. And the more and more, as as we've just been operating this, I've chatted with so many nonprofit leaders and people involved um, that I realized I really wanted to share those stories out to a greater audience as opposed That's to just awesome. taking it all for myself. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I get off the phone talking to a nonprofit, I'm so moved by what they do. Um, and with that, I mean, I guess I kind of wanted to start, I know that you have, you know, quite a background um, in your young career so far, working for, you know, a handful of different nonprofits and obviously with Voto Latino, but do you mind sharing a little bit just about like who you are sure, and, and how you intro. initially got involved in the nonprofit industry? Yeah. yeah. And actually I also want to uh, throw it back and give you a shout out for putting this all together. Um, big fan of charity charge, um, and what you guys are trying to do. So thanks. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so my name is Jessica Reeves. I am, um, originally from the border from El Paso. So I'm native Texan. Uh, but I've kind of been all over. I started my career in marketing, actually, um, and uh, was in New York, uh, was in Austin for a little while, and found myself really wanting to uh, sell something uh, better than pizza and beer. Those were my some of my clients. Um, so I, I basically went back to school, um, moved to D.C., and Georgetown too. Yes. Right. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'm originally from Baltimore. So oh, great. Yeah. I love the Northeast. There. I spent yeah. a lot of time out there. That's um, great. So after I was in Texas for a little while, it kind of drew me back. Um, and I found, I, I felt like uh, grad school was going to be my way to pivot. Um, but kind of in retrospect, I got to grad school and fell into uh, Voto Latino at the same time. So not necessarily, or you don't necessarily need to go back to grad school and spend all that money, <laughs> I for, think, too. Yeah for, yeah. for what it's worth, just on that point briefly, um, you know, I was doing some re- more research on Voto Latino before. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, like, in your own words, yeah, the organization? Yeah, and, yeah. and it seemed like it started really, you know, originally by like Rosario Dawson and mm-hmm. kind of out of maybe a little bit more of a kind of activism grassroots effort. But now that you guys have been at it, I think since 2004. Yeah, going on um, 15 years. There's probably a lot more structure kind of in cadence to what you do day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so Voto Latino was started by uh, as a PSA by Rosario Dawson. Um, and it was really Maria Teresa Kumar, um, the president CEO, who helped take it to this next level of 
um, taking all the best practices of using media, technology, um, culture to engage Latino youth. Um, when Rosario started, when they started, they really saw that there was nobody speaking to young Latinos around civic engagement and around voting. Um, and they thought that was a huge, uh, huge need. So it grew from, you know, civic engagement and getting folks to register to vote through the first text to register campaign or through PSAs on MTV and, um, MTV, um, those, I think, which was no, now defunct, but, <laughs> uh, really getting young people engaged. And it's now, I think, a, a something that people look at as a automatic, you know, you need to talk to young Latinos. Um, they're the future of, um, our country in a number of different ways. Um, the Latino market and demographics have over $3 trillion in spending power. So wow. not only in, um, you know, do we need to get them engaged, but we need to get them prepared to be leaders, uh, across across the board in a number of different industries. So Voto Latino really kind of followed that trajectory of starting with helping young Latinos get engaged to looking at all the other gaps um, and looking at how can we get young Latinos in uh, positions of, of leadership? How do we help um, young Latinos get elected to office? Um, but how do we really just look at uh, this demographic um, as a whole in a 360 degree lens and see how we help move this community forward. Because if we don't help, um, if we don't move everybody forward, our whole country, I think, falls behind. So um, it was a really amazing experience to get to be a part of that growth over the last eight years. Uh, full disclosure, I'm actually uh, transitioning out. Um, so we have a new amazing managing director that's taking over a lot of the day-to-day uh, operations of the organization and is going to take it to the next level. Um, but Voto Latino over the years, I think, has really grown from um, a digital first organization that helps engage this demographic and helps uh, provide opportunities, trainings, um, connections to an organization that now has uh, local chapters across the country uh, and is really seen as a leader in um, uh uh, promoting civil rights for the Latino community. Are there, as you kind of just think about your eight years being there, um, are there any specific um, examples or just kind of events that you hosted or any like serious um, sure. kind of wins that you have that you're really proud of? Yeah, yeah. I think some of the, um, I think what was really great about my time there was um, it was an organization that was growing. So, and and it still is. And I think some of the best nonprofits that I've gotten to work with over the years through partnerships um, and in different capacities, um, the best way I think to move your organization forward and do the best work possible is to really be open to new ideas and to everybody's ideas. So I think one of the projects that I'm most proud of is, um, bringing Voto Latino to South by Southwest. Uh, so after I had moved to, um, DC, I was really honestly trying to find a way back to South by Southwest. So awesome. pitched an idea. Smart. I thought, <laughs> you know, we should really. That's actually where I think we cover. originally met. Um, yeah, the young, invin- Maggie hosted yeah. the young invincibles yeah. event at, um, I think 816 Congress or yeah, for right? run for something. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Which is another great organization, uh, doing great things. I think by kind of thinking differently about the problems, but, um, you know, back then, um, it was my first year at Voto Latino and, we really didn't, um, there wasn't a huge nonprofit presence at uh, South by Southwest. And I felt like, you know, 
this is the intersection of technology and culture and um, music, so many things that um, fit into what we were already doing. Why shouldn't we be there? Why mm -hmm. shouldn't we be there as an organization? So over the years, um, we've had a consistent presence doing everything from panels with Rosario Dawson, Americ Ferreira, um, folks like that too. The last two years, we actually hosted a, a Latino concert at Auditorium Shores, which was super exciting. I did see on the website that Pitbull is a big time supporter. Yeah. So. <laughs> so he hasn't made it to big South fan. by Southwest. Yes. Pitbull, please come yeah. South by Southwest <laughs> if you're listening to this or if this makes its way to your people. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I think that's what it's, what I'm most proud of is um, kind of bringing new and different ideas to the table. Um, another really exciting project that I got, got to lead was um, starting National Voter Registration Day. So mm. that started in 2012 as an idea between a couple of organizations. A couple Tell of us groups. really what that is, because I've heard of sure. it from that term, but just sure. walk us through what is, wh why, sure. why create it, and what is National yeah, Voter Registration Day? So National Day. Voter Registration Day was a collaboration um, with, at the end of the day, in 2012, it was around 1,200 groups that signed on to do something, whether it was um, the League of Women Voters and all their affiliates hosting events across the country to, um, you know, we had um, uh, influencers and supporters from Gina Rodriguez to um, um, Rosario Dawson to Wilmer Valderrama, all uh, being a part of bringing attention on one day, on one collective day, um, bringing attention to the need for folks to register to vote. And what we were trying to do is put a um, there's a lot of negative and uh, partisan rhetoric around civic engagement, around voting. Um, and our idea was to really take that and kind of flip it on its head and focus on all the positives, focus on how um, voting and participation can bring everybody together. So um, we organized, we organized groups, we um, created a mass media mobilization plan and, um, you know, a few years later, uh, President Obama proclaimed it a national holiday. So and now I think um, it's at the point where everybody automatically the fourth fourth Tuesday in September um, knows that it's National Voter Registration Day and does their own their own thing, mm -hmm. which is super exciting. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I never well, really definitely a huge, huge I've heard of the term, like I know what it is, but I've never mm -hmm. knew the kind of the why and I didn't realize that 1200 groups had kind of joined forces together yeah. and then recognition federally by a president to be a national holiday. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I know that you started, you know, um, in a, initially in a kind of marketing and partnerships type of role and then transitioned mm -hmm. to be chief operating officer. Um, to anyone listening, can you walk through just big picture Generally speaking, what in, at least you, you believe, you know, a chief operating officer, someone who's in a COO role at a nonprofit would be doing. Sure. And then can you talk a little bit about kind of the minutia of, of what that means, you know, specifically for um, Voto Latino in that role? Sure, sure. So for me, what it was, because um, it's definitely shifted and I'm no longer doing this precisely. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, uh, being the chief operating officer, well, and let me, that, can I just add a little more color potentially sure, sure. To, to people that are, that would be listening? I think that, um, at least if you're coming out through of college and you might not have a ton of, you know, practical real world experience, mm -hmm. there's, you know, organizations that are amazing out there and nonprofits, but they're going to have different kind of needs. They might mm -hmm. need people in marketing roles or more, you know, organizational structure, COO roles or finance roles. So I just kind of think whatever your passion and background and skill set is that can be applied. For sure. To a nonprofit. So that's kind of how I'm kind of 
suggesting yeah. this so people can kind of understand like what does a COO of a nonprofit do? Sure. Well, actually, to that point, I think um, a COO of a nonprofit is is you know for all of these roles, you should also look at um, the role within a for profit um, uh, situation or industry because they're very similar. Right. The big difference of the nonprofit and a for profit is instead of answering to um, shareholders and to um, you know board members that uh, look at your success based on profits at the end of the day, um, you have board members and stakeholders that look at your success based on are you reaching your mission and are you serving um, the the mission that you set out to serve? Are you achieving the goals that you set out? To achieve. So I think you still really, really have to be very critical of, you know, moving the needle forward on, um, on your work, um, making sure that you're the folks that you're managing, the people that you're working with, no matter how big or small the organization is for a CEO. I think the, the main goal is to ensure that, um, the mission is, um, you're reaching the mission and, and, achieving goals that help you further that mission. For, for Voto Latino, it was engaging young people, so growing our audience, registering voters, um, so ensuring that we're uh, hitting huge milestones, um, and continuing to, to engage folks so that they can become leaders. Mm-hmm. I think some of the examples of success out of that are, um, you know, over the last few years, um, we set out a goal of, of registering a million voters by 2020. Um, last year we hit our 500,000 mark. Wow. Um, so halfway there mm-hmm. really, really, um, or we surpassed the the 500,000 mark, but a COO's goal or, or role, I think is to really make sure that, um, individual employees are reaching those goals and that they're also, um, they're also seeing out the vision of the, um, president of the board members and, and answering the needs of the stakeholders, whether that's the folks that you're serving or, you know, key people that are helping, helping drive the direction in, in another, um, yeah, stance. That's awesome. And since you came from a marketing and partnerships background and then transitioned into the COO role, was it, was it a tough transition? For you, I mean, and you what know, kind of were the differences there? Because yeah. I think of, I think of generally of marketing and partnerships people as being um, creative, outgoing, um, and I think generally the COO type of people are you know more just disciplined, organized, and it, to me, it just seems like different personalities. <laughs> was it tough for you to make that transition? Yeah. You know, I think um, it was definitely not tough going from the for profit to the nonprofit. Because my when I started at Voto Latino, my role was really similar. I actually, you know, in my um, uh, job here in Austin at a local ad, ad agency, um, my job was to help um, create ads, help work with the creative team and our client um, to create online ads that ser- that helped us push a certain message and a certain agenda. When I got to Photo Latino, the only thing that really changed were the, the, the different players. So I was still working to create ads that um, delivered a message. In this case, it was democracy and register vote and that sort of thing instead. Um, but we had a creative team um, and folks that I worked with and I was translating you know, the, the needs of our audience and the needs of our uh, stakeholders to help them put something together. So it was really similar. Um, 
But then in transitioning, I think from the marketing and partnerships to the COO role, I, um, I think it was also, you know, at the end of the day, trying to advance the mission just in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, in the COO role. The More folks, internal than external, exactly. but still the same. That's a really interesting take on yeah. it. I've never heard someone articulate it that way. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's super but, helpful. But I guess the, the thing is, um, I think at the end of the day, you can be, um, you can take all of these skills, whether you're transitioning from a for-profit to a nonprofit or even the other way around, there's, um, you know, people skills, relationship building skills, soft skills that you need in both. And then there's also, you know, um, these more specific uh, skills, whether it's, you know, understanding how to analyze data or how to, um, you know, uh, put certain plans together. I think they are applicable in both both places. So I, I think um, it's more about finding something you're passionate at passionate in, mm-hmm. um, which I think is easier to do in a nonprofit so that you're really putting your, your heart and soul into it. Did you, would you notice that, um, difference with, with the employees that you would have, um, you know, working alongside or with at, for example, Voto Latino versus your previous for-profit companies? Yeah, I definitely think folks who work at a nonprofit, um, being mission driven and caring about the mission of the organization is probably one of the top reasons for them being there. Um, I think at a for-profit, um, you know, you're not there because you care about selling a certain product always. Maybe sometimes it's a bonus if you do. <laughs> but um, I think the mission really, really brings out, um, you know, passionate people and it helps, um, it really helps bring like-minded individuals together too. Absolutely, so yeah. it's really nice, I think, um, added benefit of of some nonprofits is you're always aligned, um, along your ideals, your, um, yeah, you're kind of thinking in that way. That's great. How would people support photo Latino in a sense, from a funding perspective, were you raising money from individuals? Were you getting grants, companies, all of the above? (laughs) I think one of our, um, big goals, and I think this is important for any nonprofit was to diversify funding. Um, so, create, you know, a digital, um, we hear that a lot and I'm so happy that I'm not always the one standing on the soapbox saying it's (laughs) nice to hear it, you know, from the other side. I think that, you know, for any nonprofit listening, the thing that scares me the most is when I interact with, you know, a new organization for the first time, I'm kind of learning about what they do and it's, oh, well, we just do this one gala every year because we've done it every year and our board likes it. And that's what we do. And that's where we raise all our money. And it just like scares the hell out of me. Yeah, maybe they have one, you know, big funder that kind of supports the work. I think um, you have to be prepared uh, for that that one funder not being there one day um, or something changing in their life, right? But um, I think it's also important to diversify funding so that you can eventually grow. Um, that's something that we're definitely looking at um, with Indivisible Austin is um, really ramping up our online giving, ramping up our um, individual um, giving to to really see what we can do here locally in, in Austin, especially this year. Um, and how are you Texas involved Lynch. with them? I got to ask, what's sure. your what's your role there? Sure. I'm uh, one of the board members along oh, with Oh, awesome. Randy. Okay. Yeah, terrific. We're a, we're a uh, volunteer um board that um 
really, really engages. We don't have any paid staff. So mm-hmm. it's really led by the passion and the dedication of, of um, our board here. So always looking for um, ideas, support, um, but also seeing how we can address the needs of our of our local uh, community here. And just to stay, just for, for context for anyone that's listening along, and quite frankly for myself, yeah. I mean, I know we covered a lot. We talked about Voto Latino, but now we're shifting gears and talking about Indivisible Austin. Sure. So can you tell me what the mission Talk of that is? Yeah, yeah. We're really getting like... <laughs> wow, we got a guest here that we can get like right. three or four nonprofit, you know, missions out of and, yeah. and has a ton of experience. So what um, an honor, Jessica. Sure. No, no. Thanks for having uh, me. And it's it's funny because I think I started working with uh, Indivisible Austin because I wanted to do something more local and kind of be a little bit more engaged in my um, community here on the ground. Um, with Voto Latino, it's an amazing organization that does a lot of national work. Um, but I uh, really saw... Indivisible Austin, which is uh, a nonprofit right now. We're a 501c4 um, that focuses on um, supporting the local Austin community and the and central Texas tell them community. For, for my actually own benefit, sure. I mean, 501c3s are kind of traditional nonprofits that, that, that do mission-related work and can mm-hmm. raise money from individuals and That's corporations and such. Yeah. Tell us what a 501c4 is. So C4 is also a nonprofit um, that, does, uh, that can do more political work. So you can do uh, issue advocacy and um, do some support of candidates, for example, during election time. So it's a much more political organization. Um, but uh, full just go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say going even further upstream, then you'd have a five hundred one c six, which which yet even is a little bit different. So you can't quiz me on the five hundred one c six. You talk about that one. <laughs> we'll have to get an, an expert in here on the podcast to talk about the 501. Yeah, I can tell you. C's. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's where, yeah, that's where my um, experience has been in C3s and C4s. And basically just a C4 can do a little bit more uh, explicit political work um, and support, you know, um, somebody who stands for issues that they care about or be more public about it. But um, yeah, so Indivisible Austin was one of the first um, Indivisible groups to be founded. Um, we actually, uh, one of our board members helped draft the in- initial Indivisible um, guide, which has become a national organization, still works really closely with the national um, group. But it um, our focus here is to become a uh, resource, a convener, and support for all the great groups, not just local Indivisibles, because there's um, a number of even other Indivisible uh, Central Texas groups that do work on specific um, on specific districts or specific races or um, different things in, in the area. But our goal is to really bring folks together, be a resource, be a convener, and support the great work that's happening. So actually on Tuesday, tomorrow, we have a training coming up. All right. Oh, what kind of training? I have to cut that. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean, we might be a little bit behind here. We're just yeah. getting, the, so, you know, full disclosure to anyone, you know, we're, we're getting the show going and everything. So we're not sure the cadence of when we'll drip this out, but. So we, I pro- we probably have a training coming up. So okay. Check At the... some point a training will come up. They're always rolling <laughs> yeah, in the future, but tell exactly. us about the trainings. What would happen? So um, we just finished up earlier. Um, actually in January, we finished up a Texas ledge training for anybody who wants to advocate on an issue that they care about, whether it's healthcare here in, in, um, Texas, um, or the environment or immigration. Um, so we are doing, uh, another, um, ledge training and general body meeting. Um, it looks like they're going to happen 
um, every third Tuesday. Th- third Tuesday. Okay. And where do you so, host them? Um, the location changes, but you can check out um, by following us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, or checking the website. It's indivisibleaustin.com. Awesome. That's great. And that was when we, the last time, to be clear though, was that when there was the event in December at Native Hostel? So was that, that, go ahead. That was an Austin, that was an Indivisible Austin event. Terrific. Um, that was our holiday uh, party where we brought together partners, friends. Um, you throw a great party. Thanks. It was thanks. good. <laughs> yeah. For anyone listening, you should definitely check them out in the future. So if, if nothing else, come to Indivisible Austin for the parties. <laughs> well, exactly. But I mean, I think that's a great touch point in a way for you guys to initially get well, people. Yeah. And it's also out, about right? community building, mm-hmm. right? It's very much about building the local, um, local community, connecting with folks, hearing what people care about, hearing what they want to work on, um, and bringing people together to be able to do that. Um, this, this year is, so the Texas legislature is only in session every other year, um, every two years. And, um, it's a short, it's not the full year. So we have a couple of months basically to, um, get our issues, um, get legislation that we care about, um, considered to talk to elected officials about, uh, what's most important and to work with, um, state, uh, reps and state senators to try to get some of that done. So that's what this general body meeting is really about. Um, hearing from, from the community, hearing what folks are wanting to, to focus on, um, and then taking the next couple of months to try to see what we can do. That's awesome. Well, cool. I really appreciate having you on. It was nice, you know, to learn a little bit, obviously about your background. And I always think the more and more, um, that I'm growing, you know, as a business leader, it's so interesting for me to see the different ways that a company or a nonprofit is run, the different roles yeah. between like marketing, sales, operations, uh, president, CEO, and all of that. So, awesome! No, well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to um, to be here. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, and for everyone for listening. Take care. <laughs>